My name is David Porter. I am the author of Five Minutes to Live. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to this podcast. Uh, just a few things to, to note. Um, in the description of the podcast, I've got the purchase link if you want to purchase Five Minutes to Live. I've also got my Facebook and Twitter links so you can find me. I'd love to hear from you. I'll interact with you. Um, the, the purpose of this podcast, we are reading through Five Minutes to Live chapter by chapter, releasing a new chapter each week, and I release them on Tuesday mornings at 7 a.m. Central Time. Now, if you're here and you haven't started with the prologue, episode number one, go back, start there, or you're going to be completely lost. Please set the alert notification, whatever that looks like on your podcast of choice, so that when the new episode is released, it alerts you. Now, one other thing, Five Minutes to Live has a lot of footnotes. There are a lot of scientific references and a lot of Bible verses. In each episode, I'll list all of those footnotes so you'll have them. You can go back and research, read about the people, read about the articles, read about the science, and read the Bible verses. Finally, I've got a new book that I've finished writing. It's called 60 Seconds of Silence. It's not out yet, but as soon as it is, I'll go back and list the link so you can purchase it in the description of each episode as well. Now, with that, thanks for being here. Let's get to it. Chapter 24. The expression on Jessica's face said it all. Matt, are you okay? Are you hurt? Talk to me. Please talk to me, she breathlessly said as she ran closer to me. Jessica had seen me jump from the helicopter. She just didn't know it was me. She watched a body, a man, me, fall, watching in horror until she lost sight of me as I landed on top of a building. She regained her view as my momentum carried me over the ledge. Falling again, I hit one of the shop signs attached to the building, which broke free, and then I seemingly came to rest on the hood of a car. At some point, I rolled off the heavily dented vehicle and into the street. I stood there just looking at her, a sight more beautiful than any I had ever seen. Cautiously, she smiled, not knowing if I was injured, and very slowly said, Matt, do you, do you know where you are? Do you know who I am? And then, do you even know who you are? Davenport, Matthew Davenport, I said in my best James Bond voice. I put my arm around her waist and pulled her tight. Her eyes got big and she started smiling, and then I planted the most passionate kiss on her lips that mankind had ever seen. The world went silent. The people milling in the street disappeared. The smell of smoke was gone. There were only two people on the planet at that moment, and they were locked in an unbreakable embrace. The world has never known passion like that. As I came to my senses, realizing what I was doing, I slowly released the kiss and loosened the embrace, and I whispered, I've been waiting my whole life to do that to you. Slowly, the sights and sounds around us came back into focus, but it was different than before somehow. The siren's screams were less abrasive. The people looked less dangerous. 
the bruises hurt less. And I knew, I just knew I'm not alone. I'll never be alone. Never again. Your whole life? You waited your whole life to kiss me? Well, what took you so long? Jessica asked with a relieved giggle. In my defense, I've been chasing you for two days. I said with a smile and kissed her again. I'm so glad I found you. I never want to let you go. I never want to be further away from you than I am right now, right this instant. And then the weight of everything came crashing down around me and I asked, can you please explain exactly what's going on? Yes, come with me, she said as she took my hand and slowly led me back to a black Range Rover parked a few hundred yards from where we were standing. She walked slowly because of the limp I had acquired somehow in the midst of the fall. We crawled back in the truck and I unclipped the harness from across my chest and pulled the backpack, the unused parachute, off my shoulders and set it in my lap. Jessica shot a confused look at the backpack and I said, It's a parachute. I can see that. Why in the world didn't you use it? She asked. I jumped from the helicopter and I had my hand on the cord. I wasn't extremely high and I didn't know if the chute would even work. Then on the inside, I just knew, don't pull the cord. You just knew? Jessica asked. Yes, the Lord told me don't pull the cord. I can't explain why or really even how he did it. The Lord's been helping me this whole time and I knew he wouldn't let me down. Do you understand what I just said? God's been talking to me. Matt, that is amazing. See, God really does want to have a relationship with you. And he obviously has been taking care of you. It's a miracle you survived that fall. You landed at the exact right place or it would have been a lot worse. We need to get you to a hospital right now. Who knows how many bones are broken? You look like you were hit by a freight train and dragged for miles and then tossed into a blender for good measure. Jessica took her right hand off the gear shift of the idling Range Rover and placed, placed it lightly on my left thigh. We had spent enough time together over the years, and we had done enough Bible studies together, that I had a feeling of what was about to happen. She said, Matt, you know this, but let me refresh your memory. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing the Word of God. So let me speak some of God's Word to you. You've listened to him and have kept God's word in your heart. They are life to you and health to your flesh. You did your part and now you're entitled to the life and health to your body. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and with his stripes we are healed. Jesus told us to lay our hands on those who need healing, to pray for them and they will recover. Matt, Jesus was already bruised for you, and he instructed me to pray for you. Jessica closed her eyes, and I did the same. She began praying. Father in heaven, Lord of my heart, thank you that you hear us when we pray, because we're praying according to your will. You told us in the book of Philippians to make our requests known to you. And you also said that if two of us agree on earth as touching anything, they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Matt and I agree and ask. We make our requests known now for his healing. I'm laying my hands on him and we believe for a quick, supernatural recovery for his body. We thank you that you hear us and you're working to effect a healing and a cure to him now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, Jessica. And amen, I agree. Suddenly there was something scratching at the back of my brain, something bothering me. There's something else, I said. There's another piece of this puzzle. Oh no, drive, 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 back to your lab, go, I shouted. It even hurt my ears in the confines of the truck. Alarmed, startled, almost panicked, Jessica asked, why Matt, what's going on? Aaron, or Omar, or whatever his name is, is, is on the way to your lab to steal your research, your laptop. We have to get there first. Uh, at this point, he may or may not be the one actually going, but he told me they were going to your lab to get your research. They're going to take your laptop, I said as Jessica put the truck in gear. Wait, Jessica said. Do you still have my stuff, or did they get it from you? I reached in my pocket, squirming to get my hands around the contents, and pulled out her half-destroyed phone her wallet, and her small tube of lipstick and said, I'm the pockets. <laughs> we both laughed. Jessica breathed a sigh of relief. In the back of my brain, something clicked. The key. I still had her phone, therefore I still had the key. It felt good to be with Jessica again, but I still didn't know what this was all about. Jess, I'm so lost. What's going on? Start with how you even got here. To the airport, I asked. Jessica said, my friend, Omar Abdul, the man who has been building all of my machines, the one you guys grabbed today, he told us where you were headed. He's super hard of hearing, but someone shouted something about an airport. There were only a couple of options, so we had a general idea of where to look for you. I pleaded, okay, now from the beginning, please tell me what's going on. The wheel screeched as she did a 180 in the street to go back the way she had come. Jessica started. Two nights ago, you were kidnapped. I interrupted. No, 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 no. Two nights ago, you were kidnapped. Jessica smiled. Two nights ago, we were kidnapped by a man named Omar Khalid. He was the one who posed as our driver. When the real driver, a driver from the Mossad unit assigned to protect me, showed up and we were gone... They scrambled. The Mossad are the ones who slammed into our Escalade and took me. But they didn't realize that you were with me, that you were my date. With Dr. Kaplan not attending as my plus one, they thought I would be alone. They just thought you were part of the kidnap team. It's a good thing you didn't try to stop them. They probably would have killed you. It wasn't until we were in flight headed to Israel that I finally regained my composure from the accident. I hit my head and had a slight concussion that I told them you were in the car with me. I asked, as they were putting you in the Humvee, you screamed, Eli, what was that about if you weren't telling me where to go? Oh, Eli, Dr. Kaplan was in the Humvee. I don't remember screaming that, but I guess it just surprised me to see him there. It was a good thing he was in the truck or I would have fought much harder. It turns out that Dr. Kaplan has been working with the Mossad behind the scenes the entire time, since we began this research or maybe even before then. I didn't even know about it. I still don't know the exact details of their relationship. Jessica was driving fast through the outskirts of the city. My guess was that soon enough we would hit traffic and she was trying to gain as much ground as quickly as possible before that time. Confused, I asked, so the Mossad agents had you. Who have I been with this whole time? Who is this Omar Khalid guy? What he told me was that 
he used the name Omar as a cover story and that his real name was Aaron. He told me he was with Mossad. Matt, you were so lucky to be alive, Jessica said. It's not luck. I serve the living God, and he has given his angels charge over me, and they keep me in all my ways, I said. Amen. Preach it, Jessica said. Your angels kept you from harm in a big way. It turns out that this Omar Khalid character is a bad dude, worse than bad, bad. He's on the FBI's top 10 most wanted lists, and the Mossad has been after him for years. He's connected to all the wrong people. He comes from a long line of bad people. Terrorist people, Matt. We were coming back into the city and the traffic was thicker here. We were still making decent progress as we were going in the opposite direction of the evening flow. So what is he or, or what are they after? I've heard two different stories about why you were kidnapped. One story had you pinging in Russia, and one had to do with vertical cracks in the mantle and geothermal energy. Jessica shot me a look that I don't think I'd ever seen her make before. It was a look of total confusion. Two stories? Geothermal energy? What are you talking about? One story said that you had designed software and a machine that could ping through the Earth's crust and mantle and down through all the layers, mapping it to the Earth's core. Jessica nodded, following along. I continued. The other story I was told was that you have designed a way to locate vertical cracks in the crust and mantle and have figured out a way to harness the energy created at the Earth's core. This whole escapade, the kidnapping, killing, everything makes more sense if you found a way to tap this energy source because of the money at stake, the world's economy, all of that. So have you figured out how to do it? Have you really designed a machine to harness the Earth's geothermal energy? I asked. I designed a machine that maps the Earth's crust and mantle down to the core. It maps the Earth's subsurface. It can also locate vertical cracks in the crust and mantle. In fact, it already has. It's a new technology, but there's nothing about geothermal energy with it. It will have less lasting effects in the scientific community, but nothing to affect the world's economy. And to be totally honest with you, I have no idea why anyone, Mossad or terrorists, would want my technology or even my machines. I really don't know. Maybe Dr. Kaplan will be able to explain it. I said, maybe Aaron, I, I, I mean Omar, has gotten bad information. He's been talking about this geothermal energy thing, and that's what he's been after this whole time. He told me about it on the first morning we were together in the airplane. And then even today, he slapped the good Omar around a few hours ago, trying to get information about it, about your geothermal harnessing machine. Maybe he wanted the machine and the profits from it to fund his terrorist plans or something. Jessica replied, I don't know. I don't know how anyone would make profit from my information. Maybe it was just part of a cover story, Matt. Okay, fine. But why are they after your technology then? Why has Dr. Kaplan been in touch with the Mossad ever since you started this project? If it's just subsurface mapping technology, what am I missing? This still feels kind of wrong. I don't know, Matt. I don't know. We'll ask Dr. Kaplan after we get my research. Okay. For now, forget the why. So what you're telling me is 
This whole time I've been chasing you, and you've been chasing me? I asked. Jessica nodded. If we're being technical, you and Omar have been chasing me, and the Mossad agents have been chasing you and Omar. And I've been so close to you so many times today. What are you talking about? I asked. We were coming to places that she was more familiar with, and Jessica was weaving in and out on the city streets. Today you showed up at Moho Magnetic Machines, and my Omar let us know. The team of Mossad agents showed up shortly after, in an attempt to get you and possibly grab the bad Omar. Yeah, I saw them coming on the security monitor on Omar's desk, and we bolted. I know, I was there, Jess said. And then after you grabbed my Omar, the Mossad agents went complete call of duty on the warehouse where you were hiding, a coordinated breach. But when the dust settled, the only person there was my Omar. How did you guys get away? We were upstairs, and there was a place where an elevated bridge had once been. Someone had placed a ladder across the next building over. We took it, made our way out, and then drove a stolen SUV to the airport, I said. Right. So the Mossad agents and I followed you to the airport after they got the info from my Omar to go there. When the assault on the hangar began, it was much bigger than what the agents were expecting. It turned into a battle. Up until that point, any time we got close, you guys just ran. There were so many terrorists in the building. When the gunfight broke out, my escorts got me away from the action in a mini caravan, driving just a few blocks away. The agents at the hangar weren't expecting such an intense battle and had to call in reinforcements, including my escorts. So they all went back to fight. I heard the gunshots and one really loud explosion. Smoke started billowing from that direction. I watched as a helicopter took off, staying just above the rooftops of buildings. That's where I was, all alone in this Range Rover, parked on the side of the road, when I saw you fall out of the helicopter. Jump, I interrupted. I jumped. I didn't fall. I mean, I technically fell once I jumped, but I didn't fall out of the helicopter. I jumped. The landing wasn't a pretty one to watch. The Russian judge gave you the lowest marks, a four out of ten. <laughs> Jessica laughed. I tried to laugh, but everything still hurt, and sitting still was causing the muscles to tighten up. I tried stretching out each of my limbs in order, right arm, left arm, then rocking my weight to my left side so I could stretch my right leg, and then reversing the action, rocking my weight to my right side so I could stretch out my left leg. It was so good to be back with my friend and the excitement of seeing her, kissing her, being with her now while trying to outrun a terrorist organization had my adrenaline pumping again. Even though I knew it was probably worse than it felt at the moment, the pain was lessening in intensity. As we got closer to Jess's lab, I was reminded of my time there with Nuria, and I didn't know if anyone had informed Jessica. My mood changed. Did you know I was here yesterday? Jessica responded, No. I don't even know how you got to Israel. Tell me. After you were kidnapped, I put my hands in the air and did the air quotes as I said kidnapped. Omar told me he was with Mossad. We stole a car and chased you guys to the airport. We tried to stop you as you were taking off in a big propeller airplane, but we were minutes late. So we got on board a small private jet that I thought was being flown by Mossad agents or Israeli Air Force, and we flew to Israel, following you guys. 
As we got close to landing, our pilot made some very radical moves and we landed hard and fast. At the time, I thought it was because of his military training. Now I know it was because they were trying to get on the ground and away from the airport before the Mossad got to us. There was a gunfight and I escaped. Believe it or not, I took a cab to the Ezraeli Sorona Tower and paid with your credit card. There are a lot of incredibly heroic details that I left out just for time's sake, but I'll fill those in another time, I said with a smile. Jessica laughed and said, save them for later, Double O Davenport. What happened next? Hey, you used my credit card? Um, well, yes. I tried paying with mine, but the charge wouldn't go through. I think it had to do with the fact that I didn't let the credit card company know I was going to be here. Heck, I didn't even know I was going to be here. Anyway, the cab driver did not look like someone I wanted to skip payment with, you know? Jess smiled. I'm just giving you a hard time. What did you do next? So I got to your building, figured out where I needed to go, and got stopped by this hulking beast of a man, the security guard, before I ever got out of the lobby. He's from New York. Uh, I've just been calling him New York Hulk. Do you know him? N never mind. Beside the point. So I made my way up to your floor and was kind of wandering around aimlessly looking for someone who spoke English and could help me. Finally, I found these two ladies in lab coats and was trying to communicate with them when this nerdy looking 20 something girl gave me this big running hug, recognized me from pictures on your desk. After a few awkward minutes of who are you and what are you doing here type questions back and forth. I figured out that she was your personal assistant, Nuria. She's the one who really helped me while I was at your lab. Then later that night, she saved my life. Her actions last night were very, very heroic. Did Nuria tell you she was my personal assistant? I've told her over and over to stop saying that. She's not my personal assistant. What did she do to save your life? I interrupted a little confused. Then. Who is she? Does she not work at the lab? Oh, yes, she works at the lab. It's not that. It's that she's not my personal assistant. She's my colleague, my co-worker, and my really good and loyal friend. I couldn't have accomplished the things I have without Nuria. She's brilliant, sweet, and incredibly loyal. She's like my only girl friend in Israel. No, she's probably my only girl friend outside of my mother anywhere. We pretty much tell each other everything. So that's why I hate it when she says or when she tells people that she's my assistant. She's just not. She's too important. Now, how did she save your life? I could tell that either no one had told Jessica that Nuria was dead or it just hadn't sunk in yet. She was still talking about her in the present tense. I was glad that Jessica hadn't noticed that I spoke of her in the past tense. I decided I needed to make sure that she knew what had happened to Neria, just in case we ran into a co-worker at Jessica's office who might have already been informed. I didn't want Jessica to find out that way from someone else, especially since I was there, knew the details and the cause of her death. Not sure how to broach the subject, I cautiously asked. Has, um, anyone told you about Nuria? I tried to ask it quietly and reverently, 
hoping someone had already broken the news to Jessica about her colleague, co-worker, and friend's death. Jessica shook her head and asked, What about Neria? What about Neria? Jess, I'm sorry that I'm the one who has to tell you this. I've got some bad, no, some really horrible news to tell you. There's no good way to do it and no way I can say this that will make the news any less easy to bear. I paused, unsure of exactly how I needed to phrase this. What will make this the least painful? Should I rip the bandage off quick and fast? Just tell her Neria was killed last night in her home? Or should I be more delicate, even if that means prolonging the news just a few moments? What? You're scaring me, Matt. What's going on with Nuria? Should I call and just ask her? I looked down at her phone, still in my hand. I said, your phone is out of juice, so you'll need to charge it before you call anyone or use it for the keys. But you can't call Nuria at all. I'm so sorry to tell you this, but Nuria was killed last night in her home. She had given me her address when I was at the lab yesterday afternoon and told me that if I needed a place to stay or a hot meal to stop by, I was the one who found her. No, 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 no. Jessica said through tears. She was openly weeping and her driving was becoming erratic. What, what happened? How? Are you sure? Sweet, sweet Nuria. She never did anything to anyone. I'm so sorry, Jess. So, so sorry. We sat in silence for a few moments at a traffic light, and I took her hand in mine. Finally, I said, I think I've worked out the details of how it was done. Omar Khalid called it in. Omar had it done. What are you talking about? Weren't you with him out? Omar killed Nuria. Were you at Dr. Kaplan's house with Mossad agents late yesterday afternoon? Were you there when the Chinese delivery guy showed up? I asked Jessica. No, I've never been to Dr. Kaplan's house. What does that have to do with Nuria? Omar and I had been separated at the airport. I spoke with Nuria at your lab. I thought my best bet to save you and your research was to go to Dr. Kaplan's house to try and find him. She gave me Kaplan's address. Then, in a sweet gesture, she gave me her address in case I needed a place to stay for the evening. Sweet Nuria. I went to Kaplan's place, and as I was about to knock on the door, I sensed movement inside and went on hyper alert. Omar, who I knew as Aaron, the Mossad agent, was surveilling the house and stopped me from knocking on the door. So Omar and I were reunited together at Dr. Kaplan's house. You have to remember that I thought the Mossad agents were mercenaries who were after your research and your machines. We thought of a way to reveal if they might be on a stakeout waiting for us inside Kaplan's house. We ordered Chinese delivery and watched and waited. The mercenaries swarmed the poor guy and we knew we needed to get away, find a safe place to regroup and plan our next move. I told Omar that we should go to Nuria's house, told him she was your personal assistant, and showed him the address. 
He must have thought she knew something. At this point, I was certain he was a Mossad agent. You have to remember that. I was absolutely certain he was a Mossad agent. He had an answer for everything. Jessica just looked in my direction, weaving through traffic, crying. She didn't speak. She just looked at me, upset and crying. A lot. Omar made a phone call, said he was calling Mossad agents to take down the mercenaries at Dr. Kaplan's house. I didn't think anything about it at the time. I mean, why would I? The entire phone call was in a different language. All his phone calls had been made in a different language. Hebrew, or so I thought. So this one was no different. What I didn't know, what I now think happened, was that he was calling another terrorist, sending at least one enemy agent to Neria's place. I honestly don't know how many he sent. By the time we showed up, Neria was just about dead. I held her in my arms and told her, you're not alone. The things Neria told me as she was dying, I know, saved my life. Her last words, literally, her dying breath was, don't trust Omar. I paused and looked at Jessica. She was gripping the steering wheel with white knuckles, crying. I added, I was holding Nuria's hand when she died. There wasn't anything I could do. Oh, man. Jessica said, openly crying. I didn't need to kill her. None of this makes sense. What could they possibly be after? Why do they want my research, my technology, my stupid machines? I wish I'd never invented this stuff. And I can't believe you gave them her address. Why would you do that? You're the reason she's dead. You, you know that? Through tears, she slammed on the brakes of the Range Rover, rocking us violently forward and whispered, We're here. Roughly two hours after we left the airport, we were finally back at the entrance to Azrieli Sorona Tower. End of chapter 24. If you're still here, thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed that reading. If you want to purchase Five Minutes to Live, the link is in the description below, and you can find my Facebook and Twitter links there as well. Drop me a line. Please subscribe and hit the bell so you know when the next chapter is released, and if you're enjoying this, please share it with your friends and family. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.